Hey, so I'm not sure if you heard, but we are bringing back the private practice bootcamp experience. So listen, this will not be an ordinary bootcamp. Yes, that's right. We are glowing up your experience and your private practice. So what does this mean? Are you truly ready to glow up your private practice and your life? So I'm talking about crafting a big vision. Stop playing small. Who does that? Okay. We are dreaming big beyond just clarifying your niche. We are actually going to build up your confidence in your business as an abundant CEO. Now, listen, I've had the opportunity to host over 25 boot camps in the last five to six years. And I know that I am really good at teaching and delivering that information. But one thing that I have noticed that is missing with therapists right now is that they need a hype woman. They need someone to encourage them to show up and to glow up boldly and unapologetically. So here are the details. We start on May 20th. We are going strong for four days with also a bonus money session. We also have added our Facebook group with challenges and activities. Listen, y'all, we working. So in order to sign up to participate in all pieces, I want you to head down to the show notes and get on the bootcamp experience list so that you can get started with us. Now, also our private practice signature program DTA will also be opening soon. So make sure that you check the show notes and get on that notification list as well so that you can be the first to know about all the juicy bonuses that we have coming down the pipeline. It is glow up season. I will see you in the bootcamp. Welcome to the Branding for Abundance podcast. My name is Dr. TK. I am a licensed clinical psychologist and success coach. My goal on this podcast is to simply teach you how to proclaim your victory in your relationships, academic and career endeavors, business, money, and your mindset. Learn some simple tools and techniques to brand your life for abundance and live your epic lifestyle. My name is Dr. TK. I am a clinical psychologist and part of my specialty is teaching people how to think differently, uh, meaning change their mindset so that they can change the way that they feel and that they can change the way that they behave. Okay, so I had a phenomenal opportunity to participate in what's called the Fatal Attraction um, Conference this weekend. And the topic that I spoke on was get out of your feelings. And so just to get you up to speed, it came into about two to three different parts. So the first part was the MVP uh, model. And the MVP model is focused to teach you how to um, get out of your feelings by being mindful to what's triggering you and your emotional state. Um, it also talks about how to visualize the outcome, meaning if you're working towards something, can you actually see it? Um, what people and or um, physical triggers in your environment can help calm you down, right? And then the P was the process, trust the process. So if you're also on my email list, you received a word of the day um, about me talking about how to trust the process um, and that you have to believe that the universe is conspiring to make things great for you, but it always starts with your mindset, okay? So to get into today's topic, I want to specifically talk about trusting the process and I have an acronym for you, okay? So if you are in the position where you can take notes, I would like you to write down what the letter means for the word trust as we discussed it in this mini workshop for today. Okay. So if you're just hopping on, um, we are recording live on Instagram, Facebook, and for my podcast, and we are talking about how to trust the process. And again, the reason why this is near and dear to my heart is because like anyone else, I'm human. You know, I go through 
um, problems, whether it be family, business, mindset, even, even though I'm a psychologist. And from time to time, I have to catch myself because I've recognized that if I don't learn how to get out of my own head, that will trigger a whole lot of negative feelings and I'll go down a rabbit hole, right? Does that sound familiar? And then what will end up happening is I will react or not react. And sometimes not reacting is not good based off the scenario, right? So we're going to go over the acronym called TRUST, okay? So the T is you want to be able, when you are especially in a negative state, you want to always be able to identify the triggers to why you are feeling the way that you are feeling. And the triggers are usually identified with your thoughts, okay? Now, there are two different types of triggers. So you first have the first trigger, which is always internal. And I always like to start with internal triggers because when we are feeling your particular negative feeling, um, as human beings, we typically externalize the blame. We will say, they made me mad. Um, We will say, um, they didn't have to treat me like this, right? But the fact of the matter is when you have a emotion, an emotion, you actually play a role in how you get triggered, right? So with the Get Out of Your Feelings um, series, this is part two, we are really going to hone in on what are some of the triggers and thoughts that you have internally that then lead to negative feelings and behaviors. So internal trigger would be, I'll give an example, um, Show me in the comments if you have ever seen the movie The Wood um, or you've seen Send Me Some Hearts or something if you've seen that movie before. Have you either seen The Wood or the movie Class Act with like old school kid and play? Depending on your age, you may not know what I'm talking about. Okay, so with those two movies, there were two things that actually happened um, at the beginning with both of the main characters. Um, It was the fight or it was the prep about the fight, right? So the prep about the fight was meet me after school by the bleachers or by the basketball court right? And the fight was scheduled, right? So when the fight is scheduled, what did that trigger in the main character? It triggered them to feel anxious, to feel scared. Um, They don't want to fight, right? Um, But when they showed up to the fight, another level of internal triggers happened. And the internal triggers in front of other people were, I can't look like no punk. I can't turn my back because everybody around them is saying, fight, 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 right? So the internal trigger when you are faced in a negative situation is you are telling yourself, I can't walk away. I can't look like no punk. They, they chatting me on. I, I better swing hard, right? The external trigger also plays a role. And the external trigger is what is the other person or situation that is triggering these feelings inside of you? So if we look at the movie, The Wood or Class Act with Kid and Play, or I forgot the young man's name, but the main character, when they were scheduled to have this fight, a lot of times when we're in a negative situation, we like to pull the trigger and externalize the blame and say, they made me mad. And I always challenge my clients and say, they did not have 100% responsibility in making you mad. Because some people like yourself may dislike when people say something like, well, they don't have the ability to make you mad. You allow them to make you mad. And some people can't take that, but they don't even know what that means. And what that means is you played a role in continuing to stay in that emotional state. Okay, if that makes sense. So the T in the trust, the process is understanding that there are two sides of triggers and thoughts and you play a role in them at a particular percentage. I'm not going to say 50 because it depends on the situation and what the other person is doing or saying. And then 
the external stimuli person or situation all also plays a role in the way that things are happening right so that's the t the r is being able to recognize your bodily cues this is vitally important this actually is very similar to if you ever went to an anger management course so being able to r recognize your bodily cues is important because sometimes the thought process goes in and out so quickly that you may not even be able to remember what or who triggered you, including what you even told yourself. So how this shows up is that if my client came in and said they were in a hostile situation or something, you know, quote unquote bad happened, I typically ask them what was the trigger because we've already did some psychoeducation about what this means. And they'll typically say, well, I don't know, or I don't remember, or there was no trigger. I just got mad. And I'm like, no, there's always a thought that leads into you feeling the way that you felt that day, right? So the T, I mean, the R is being able to recognize your bodily cues. If for whatever reason you cannot remember the thoughts and the internal and external triggers, I will hope that you will be able to start recognizing what your body does when you're angry, sad, upset, or other higher level emotions, whether it's positive and or negative. So for example, our stomach tends to react when we are feeling nervous, happy, sad, and mad, right? But you and only you know what your body, how the the stomach feels with those different emotions. So for example, if I were to ask you what happens in your stomach when you're about to go on stage, even if you're a, a trained speaker, you may still get what's called butterflies in your stomach, right? That's a bodily cue linked to a feeling and a thought. But if I said, you know, um, you got a phone call from your child's school and they said it was an emergency on the voicemail, but you don't know what happened, your stomach may drop, right? But still, the same bodily cue happened, but it felt different. So you have to be very in tuned and mindful to how your body is also reacting to the situation that is triggering a certain level of emotion, because that will trigger you then to go in the third step, which is um, understanding your coping skills. Okay, so the U is understanding your coping skills. So I want to teach you three of the main coping skills that are very, very important that most people get wrong okay so the first one is deep breathing okay how you're supposed to breathe when you're uh sad or just any negative emotion even like overwhelmed and happy maybe excited is you're supposed to do like yoga take a deep breath in through your nose hold it for about three seconds and then release it out through your mouth okay again take a deep breath in you're gonna hold it and then you're gonna exhale and release okay that actually allows oxygen to get to your brain if you don't allow oxygen to get in your brain because you are hyperventilating based off how you are thinking which links to how you feel then no wonder why you cannot calm down right so if you really want to learn how to get out of your feelings again just to recap the first half you have to understand your internal and external triggers and your thoughts You have to be able to recognize your bodily cues, meaning what um, does your body do when you feel these negative feelings, like feeling hot, feeling uh, your stomach drop or feeling bubbly, whatever. And then you have to understand coping skills. So the first one is deep breathing. The next coping skill to help you deal with any, especially negative emotional states such as anger, is um, counting. Now, when you count, you don't want to count to 10. 10 forward or 10 backwards. And the reason for that is it doesn't require any mental effort. 
Okay, so if I asked you while playing music in the background, dancing, being my goofy self, um, and it was loud noise all around me um, because I'm at the college. So let's just say a student walked in. I guarantee you, you can still count to 10 in a split second because you learn how to count to 10 years ago. Right. You can also count from 10 to one quite quickly because it doesn't require mental effort. So when people say I'm angry, my counselor told me to count to 10. I'm going to say that shit don't work because you don't even think when you're counting. So how are you going to be mindful to calming down because you're not mindful even in the situation? But if I said choose a number over 65, it cannot be an even number or a five number like a 65 and count back by threes or sevens. Then what would happen? You may be like, oh, I'm going to count by three, 67, 64, 61. And you can keep going for a little bit. But when you get to probably that fourth or fifth interval, you're going to have to pause and you're going to have to think. That's the goal. Slow down. Think about what's about to happen next so that you can make a, be- a better decision. Right. So counting is vitally important to calming down and getting out of your feelings. But most people do it incorrectly which is why aka you can't calm down when you're angry like i'm counting to 10 okay well count from 65 backwards in because what's going to happen is yeah you might still be frustrated but you're going to instead of being frustrated at the person that maybe triggered you you're now going to be maybe frustrated that you can't remember your math but what i've just shown you is that now you've transferred the negative emotional state that you had to a safer zone like an invisible number Right. So that is the second coping skill. And then the last one is guided imagery. Guided imagery is getting in your head a happy place. So think about a place that you can go to in your head, whether your eyes are open or closed, because in certain situations, you cannot close your eyes. If you're angry while you're driving, you need to try a different coping skill if you must close your eyes, but you shouldn't have to. And you have to visualize yourself in that place. So. A happy place could be a place that you've never even been to before, but maybe you've seen a commercial about it, right? It could be a a beach, but if it's going to be a beach, you need to be very particular. Are you at Santa Monica Beach? Are you at a beach in Tahiti? What island? You know what I'm saying? So then after you identify the beach, then you have to identify what are your five senses And this is the mindfulness practice. Then when you identify your five senses, then you need to tap into those senses for every single thing that you see, hear, touch, taste, smell at that beach. It doesn't have to be a beach, though, but it should be a place that you can imagine in your head that you can go to that is soothing and calming, preferably in your imagination that you're there by yourself. Because let's be honest, um, certain places that you may go to in your head, it's like a turn up. And we're not asking you to turn up because clearly you're angry. So we need you to turn down. Right. So those are the three coping skills that I want you to be in tune to when you are feeling any negative emotional state. And they are, as a recap, deep breathing to relax your body and your brain. Um, Also being able to count from a high number back from threes or sevens and um, guided imagery. Okay. excuse me. Okay. now the S The S is for, uh, say, a positive affirmation. So a positive affirmation is just a positive self-statement. So a positive affirmation would look like, you know, if we're in that fight situation um, from the beginning is, you know what, I'm better than this. I don't need to fight this person. Let me just, you know, get this person to the side before school is over. And let me talk to them about even why they don't like me or why they want to fight me because I don't believe I've done nothing to them. Right. So maybe have a conversation, maybe practice those assertiveness skills. Okay. 
Um, but you want to say something positive to yourself to not pump yourself up, to get riled up some more. Okay. Very straight to the point. And if you don't know any positive affirmations, by all means, please go to Pinterest, type in positive affirmation for anything that you're going through. I promise you it's there. When I was pregnant, I looked up positive affirmations for every trimester of my pregnancy. And what I did to take it a step further, because um, he would wake me up around 4 a.m. every single morning. So what I would do is go downstairs to my famous couch because I was on bed rest since five months pregnant. And I would... um, and if you're new mommies, I would encourage you to do this, especially when the baby, you know, is in utero, is I found that positive affirmation. I pulled out my other phone. I recorded it on my voice memo. I saved it. I, I titled it, you know, trimester one or trimester, first trimester um, positive affirmation. And you can do this for any affirmation, but I did it as well when I was pregnant. And then I played it on my tummy, meaning I put it on speakerphone and I played it on my tummy every morning that I woke, you know, I woke up or whatever and I went downstairs. And what's crazy is... Guess who was up at 4 a.m. for the first couple of months when he was born? Avery. Every morning he would wake up. He was a very good sleeping baby. After the second day from the hospital, he ain't never had a problem going to sleep. I haven't. I didn't have that child who woke up every three hours. Nope. I had to wake him up to breastfeed him. But outside of that, he was sleeping until 4 a.m. But I thought it was pretty magical that he would wake up at the time that he would wake up in utero and that he would be kind of squirming because he's listening to the affirmation. That's my belief because that's what happened to me and my body. Okay. So say a positive affirmation or find one. Okay. Um, and I'll get to the questions in a moment um, and statements. Thank you. Um, the T is trust your intuition. So when you want to get out of your feelings, your intuition will tell you when a situation is getting hostile, maybe even when it's getting dangerous. So think back to a time where you were not in a cool situation and your bodily cue triggered your intuition and it told you to get out. You need to leave. And think back to a time where you didn't listen to your intuition and then you saw that thing come to pass. You saw that situation actually happen and you're like, dang, I should have listened to my gut, a.k.a. your intuition. So let me just recap before I give you another clear example and then I'll take questions or comments if you're watching live on Facebook or Instagram um, is we talked about trusting the process. And when you trust the process, you want to identify your internal and external uh, triggers and thoughts. You want to identify, um, I'm sorry, and um, recognize your bodily cues. You want to understand coping skills. And we talked about three deep breathing, counting backward from a high number, no even, no five numbers. Count back by threes or sevens and then have a visual um, picture of something that can calm you down. And then S is say a positive affirmation or a positive self-statement. And then T is trust your gut, trust your intuition. Okay, so how I want to cap it all up for you is I'm going to give you a very clear Um, understanding of how all this comes together. So I'll give you an example of being in a workplace. Okay. So let's just say I'm your supervisor and um, you, we we are at work tonight and we're working on a project, right? So we finish the project. We're the last ones in the office and we give each other a high five. We're high vibing, you know, we're smiling. We're happy. We completed the project with whatever we're working on. Right? So we both go home. I tell you to enjoy your family night. I'm enjoying mine. I'm gonna go home and cook. We left on good terms. So keep that in mind. We left tonight at work on good terms, right? I've never had a problem with you as an employee because I'm a supervisor, okay? So then you come back to work the next morning and me and you, you know, are the first ones in the office in comparison to the other staff, right? So then what happens is because you're in your office and I'm in my office, but the doors are open, you see me pacing back and forth, 
right? And I'm walking fairly quickly. I look overwhelmed and you're trying to figure out what's happening with me, but you don't maybe want to ask me. So then I come into your office. I slam my hand on the door and I'm like, hey, you in my office. And I say your name. Let's just say your name is Jane. Hey, Jane, in my office now. Now, remember, nonverbal communication speaks volumes to what is possibly happening with the person, but we don't want to make an assumption. So what will you be thinking and feeling based off of my approach to you in the office immediately? Now, some people may assume, oh, my God, I'm in trouble. But when you have that thought, the internal cue trigger, right? And your body starts, your stomach starts dropping like, oh crap, I'm probably going to get rolled up or something, right? Then you will start feeling nervous and scared. This is how the triggers and bodily cues work, okay? What you don't think about is the slow down process to probably think, hmm, I wonder what else it could be because we left work yesterday on good terms. But most of the time when you're triggered internally and externally, because I came and slammed my hand on your door and said, hey, you in my office right now, you're not thinking about anything else. You're just thinking about the prime target in your face, because this is what happens when you get in your feelings is that you don't slow down and really think about all the components. And one huge component that most people forget is what has happened even prior to this situation happening right now. We just left work yesterday. Your thoughts should be. Hmm, let's double back. We left work high vibing yesterday. We were smiling and laughing yesterday. How can I get fired or get in trouble when I've never gotten in trouble before? She's never even called me in her office for anything negative. So what I've just done for you is have helped you frame and use your intuition and your gut to say, "Mm, you need to slow down. You need to chill out because you've never done anything negative for this person to be reacting this way. So when you slow down, and you listen to your gut and you focus on your triggers and your bodily cues and get out of your feelings, you will be able to think. That's the whole goal here of getting out of your feelings is that you will be able to become a rational and logical thinker, even if the other person cannot. That is your job if you are watching me right now because you are part of my tribe. If you are listening on the podcast or you are watching on Facebook or on Instagram, my goal here is to provide as much psychoeducation and information as possible to make you become the best version of yourself. Okay? So, with that said, now you got two scenarios. Now you got on one hand, I'm about to get fired, I'm in trouble.